Welcome back to WNST, Towson, Baltimore, and Baltimore Positive. Yes, I'm wearing the 1954 Drug City shirt. No, I was not born in 1954. I'm not that damn old for crying out loud. But we're going to be down doing the Maryland Crab Cake Tour presented by the Maryland. I, I wish I had um, my new scratch-offs. I'll have them in Dundalk on Friday when I get together uh, with King Calvin Statham, my dear friend Ingrid Kolstadt, Dr. Ingrid Kolstadt, I should be uh, clear with that, uh, as well as uh, our friends from Drug City and George uh, Fotis is going to be there. Uh, we're going to be having some crab cakes, having some milkshakes. It's all brought to you by our friends at Window Nation as well. I'm going to get my floppy hat back out. I, hold on. I, 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 see, the the, the the lottery tickets are old. The Window Nation hat is feels like this summer again. So I'm getting the Window Nation hat out. Uh 96690 Nation. You buy two, you get two free. 24 months financing still, still in play all of March until April. Get some new windows and uh, meet me at Drug City on Friday. And then at Fadley's on Wednesday. Lou Jones uh and I have spent a considerable amount of time in Indianapolis. I don't we're not bragging about that. The conditions were usually we had nice rooms, though. We've always had nice rooms in Indy. We had good meals in Indy. Never had good weather in Indy, right? We had good beer in Indy, right? Sometimes we had good entertainment in Indy. Um, we did crappy radio in Indy, though, right? I mean, it became a project that wasn't great for radio uh, and now homogenized into your television screen where we get to watch John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta uh, who once gave us taxi rides to downtown Indianapolis. We now get to watch them on the interwebs Um Make up stories, Luke Jones, of uh, relative fact and fiction. And it's for experts and insiders, well, insider like you and an expert like me, uh, to uh, get together and try to figure all this out. I mean, um, it's quite a show when you're in this position because they have to get up there and say what they're saying, no matter what they believe, right? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think they're making up stories as much as just can't say a whole lot. And this is where they are. And what was ironic Perfectly hopeful. is about, <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you going to say? I mean, you're not going to say, well, we've been at this for two years and we're no closer to a deal. And look, I'm not <laughs> saying that that's factual information. It's just the reality of it. Uh, but I, what I did find to be ironic was, and I realized this uh, on the morning of DaCosta and Harbaugh talking. So Wednesday morning, uh, I, I realized that March 1st, was the indeed the 10-year anniversary of the Joe Flacco contract story being broken. Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, I believe, I'm 99% sure he was the first one who had that. Uh, it was a Friday evening, uh, March 1st. Keep in mind, this was a little less than a month after Super Bowl 47. And I think over time, we've kind of thought that that aftermath of the Super Bowl was kumbaya and the Ravens just gladly handed a check to Joe Joe Linta and Joe Flacco and said, you know, fill it out, even though that's kind of sort of how it ended up playing out. But you know, there, there was a little bit of tension for those few weeks where I don't think anyone thought Joe Flacco was just going to become a free agent, but there was talk about the tag and how the, how feasible it was for the Ravens to fit that uh, in their cap and, and how is that going to work and who was going to stay and who was going to leave. And, you know, it, we came to found out uh, it, it would cost them Anquan Bolden uh, as far as a decision that they made. Uh, although I'll never say that the, that their hand was forced there. They could have kept Anquan. Did Joe say something about putting his feet but, up on his desk or something like that in the postgame press? You know oh, what? I, I was so close. I was in the moment, right? Like I was touching Joe's chest with my phone, yeah. literally looking. All I could see was the art 
and his face and the bewilderment, the look of bewilderment on Joe's face. And I asked the first question, I think, but I think Joe referred to the contract in the app because it was just a bizarre time. Right. And I guess we're all happy, happy, happy. We got unhappy when Joe was a, you know, uh, a, a standing duck back there four years later and the contract looked lopsided. Right. Everybody hated the contract. It's like the Lamar thing now a little bit like our fan base for the most part to me feels like they want Lamar Jackson to be here. Right. Like they're rooting for Lamar to get some money and don't want a lame duck, Derek Carr kind of quarterback, but this is different. Joe was doing this from the Super Bowl podium 10 years ago. Right. This is all different place. It really is. But the point I was trying to make was there was tension and there was, I don't know if I'd say pessimism, but there was certainly some uncertainty there from the standpoint of, Everyone had seen what Flacco had done and had had this historic run and the Ravens were going to have a Super Bowl ring and there, there had been a parade a few weeks earlier. But at the same time, you still have to work out a deal. And Joe Linta, who you know, was not Lee Steinberg, let's at least put it in those terms. I don't say that with any disrespect, but he certainly wasn't someone who had this inc- extraordinary list, uh, you know, clientele list. Uh, so it was a chance for him to really make a name for himself. And you had Joe Flacco, this guy who had been at Delaware five years earlier and couldn't make it at, at Pitt and, and, and everything that we've well, come to Well, in that know way, Joe and Lamar but, are identical in that they were nobody's favorite, you know, favorite kid on, on the block to, when draft time came, when draft time came. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, clearly very different in certain ways, but you could see, draw, draw some parallels there. But the, but well, the Lamar won to... Heisman's and couldn't get drafted. Joe is in Delaware. <laughs> sure. But you know? but the point I'm trying to make is this always feels, you know, when, when you're in this position, regardless of how this is ultimately going to play out, this is why I've just expressed so much uncertainty. I know you and Dennis have talked in much more confident terms of, about a trade. And look, I'm not saying that a trade's not going to happen, but I just think there's still so many moving parts to this thing. But the point I'm trying to make is whenever you are in this kind of a position, and you have a deadline looming, and the first deadline is right around the corner now. We're days away from the franchise tag deadline in terms of is it going to be exclusive, non-exclusive? What's that going to mean for the Ravens cap? What's that going to mean in terms of is Lamar going to be able to seek his value with other teams? Is there going to be a trade? Is some team going to be willing to match both Lamar's asking price for a contract and what the Ravens are asking for in terms of compensation? There are a lot of unknowns there still, regardless of how you think this is ultimately going to end up. Getting from point A to point B is still very murky, (laughs) whether ultimately Lamar Jackson stays put, whether he plays on the tag for 2023 and we're talking about the same exact stuff a year from now, or if he is ultimately traded. All the details still have to be worked out there, and that's where I do empathize to a degree what Eric DaCosta was talking about on Wednesday and not saying very much because there are a lot of moving parts involved in this. But even if you want to look through the most positive, optimistic lens at this point, and even if you're still holding out hope that they're going to get a long-term deal done sooner rather than later, which I'm not saying is going to happen, these things tend to feel bleak and very pessimistic until they're not anymore. And again, what is that ultimately going to mean for Lamar Jackson? What is it going to mean for the Ravens? Who knows? But one thing that did resonate with me, and it doesn't change anything, but it's just a reminder uh, because of what you just said, looking at this from a fan base perspective and even the organization, you know, you make decisions in March and April and May, you're not playing football for several more months, right? I mean, you're still six months away from kicking off that even if you have come to a decision that 
there's no compromise to be made here and we can't continue to go down this road and we are going to explore a trade. Eric DaCosta said it, being in that position where you don't have a franchise quarterback, it's not a fun position in which to be and it's not a good feeling. And the Ravens have not found themselves in that position since the end of 2007. And you could probably talk and, and say, well, okay, 2017, you know, Flacco at that point was breaking down, certainly hadn't been the same player. Uh, they had missed the playoffs three straight years. So it's not as though the, the, the organization was feeling great about Joe Flacco in 2016 and 17. I mean, they drafted his replacement as a result, but the, the point DaCosta was making was since 2008, they've had Joe Flacco and they've had Lamar Jackson. And going back to 2008, They've had a lot of success, you know, certain periods of time more successful than others, but they haven't had runs where they're going four and four and 13, four and 12. They haven't gone to bed not wondering who their quarterback is until December the last two years. Right. I mean, literally. And and the year they lost Flacco, which wasn't, you know, they weren't any good that year anyway. Right. But there but there is a different thing when you don't when you're out there playing with Ryan Mallett. And that's and that's the, the way or you're out there playing with Tyler Huntley or you're out there playing with name any. Chris Redman, Anthony, all the way back. If you're playing with any of those guys, you're not feeling real good about beating Pat, Patrick Mahomes this week any more than you were feeling good about beating Tom Brady back then or Peyton Manning or any of those guys because we know how this game is played. The parade was out in Kansas City for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's where you look at this thing and say, to what degree can you afford to lose Lamar Jackson? But on the flip side, and this is where the Ravens have found themselves because no one's disputing the fact that he's a franchise quarterback. He's an excellent quarterback. Now, it doesn't look the same as everyone else, but the results have been there. He's, he's been very successful, and we know he was MVP of the league four years ago, and, and they've been they've won way more games than they've lost when he's been on the field. But you mentioned the availability, and you do mention how far can you go, and more specifically, are you willing to go to keep him? And then what are the ramifications and consequences to do that? So... You know, it, it, the Ravens have been trying to thread that needle for you know, two plus years, but really the last 11 months since the Deshaun Watson deal came to fruition and understanding what impact that was going to have on any negotiation, regardless of whether other quarterbacks are going to get a fully guaranteed deal or not. In the same way that right now, the, the general consensus among pundits and, and people that follow contracts like Joel Corey, who you know is a former agent who writes for CBSSports.com. And I know he just put out a piece uh, talking about contract structures for Lamar that wouldn't be fully guaranteed that he thinks would be realistic. Joe Burrow is up for an extension, uh, eligible for an extension at this point. Justin Herbert, same thing. Jalen Hurts, who came very close to winning a Super Bowl just Nobody a few weeks ago. Nobody wants to be first in that race. They all want to be best. Right, exactly. Because you can say and you can speculate all you want about whether any of those individuals are going to get fully guaranteed deals. And look, I don't think they would if you're going to ask me to predict that. But you know right now they're all hoping, they're all secretly rooting for Lamar Jackson to get it done in the same way that if this franchise tag that feels inevitable at this point, at least in the short term, uh, regardless of whether there's going to be a trade or not or a long-term deal at some point, there's going to be a tag, you know, barring something very strange over these last few days leading up to that deadline. But Lamar is hoping and his inner circle and the NFLPA is hoping that those other quarterbacks will be pushing for a fully guaranteed deal. So then you're back into the same game of you know, chicken or what, what, whatever you want to call it, just trying to wait this thing out because it's one thing to say Deshaun Watson's the outlier. And yeah, I get it. The, the couple deal extensions that have been signed since then, 
have not been fully guaranteed. But if Lamar Jackson were to succeed in getting a fully guaranteed deal, then you're talking about two in the last calendar year. Then that does change the conversation for some of these guys. So, you know, we're not we didn't uncover anything. We didn't take away anything new from what Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh said on Wednesday. And I didn't expect to hear anything new, uh, as you uh, alluded to. And it's just reality. They really have no choice but to play nice in what they say right now and what they might say behind closed doors. Or uh, if you're having a cocktail uh, on a late night in Indianapolis this week. Yeah, and and you give them, you know, the the proverbial truth serum. I'm guessing they'd they'd have some not so flattering things to say about Lamar the negotiator compared to Lamar the person. But you know, it's not as though you can just say, well, we're not giving him a fully guaranteed deal. He's being completely unreasonable, and well, we're going to look to trade him because the moment you allude to I think to that any that's that, what and again, Dennis and I believe. And and I, and honestly, these press conferences, I'll say this: the one thing that I think that has happened, if I'm writing about it at columnists or I'm in my big wisdom. If people ask me, I'm like, there's bruised feelings here. I know there are, I have the head coach in my phone, right? I know, I, I know that there was some friction to some degree. And then my eyes tell me when he's not in Cincinnati, he's doing stupid, saying stupid stuff on Twitter that got me banned from Twitter. Strangely enough, um, that things that are anti anything, the team would ever want him doing in that way. Um, and then just the, you know, my girlfriend told me to take it down. I'm thinking, oh my God, there's not even Chad Steele didn't get along. Who's in his ear? Where's his, where's James Urban? Where's his quarterback? Who, who's the grown up? Where's, where's Jameel McClain? Like where, where are the people that are supposed to be supportive and team 80 at that point when he's injured, it's late and to see like all these things are going wrong that it, it, it feels to me like there's bruised feelings and they're not going to be made better by the Ravens giving him more money or him making them feel better because he doesn't feel at all like he needs to. He feels like you can't win without me. And I've shown you that now. So here's the middle finger. Either give me the money and I'll come back or, you know, you can figure out what to do with me. Now, that being said, Luke, the thing that keeps me awake at night and if Eric DeCosta and I had the relationship we once had, or that we always had, um, that we even had last February this time, um, then if I was asking him about it in this, the thing that keeps me awake at night is I don't know how this gets executed without professionals. I bought and sold the radio station, land, this, that, cars, all this. In every case, a lawyer helper, a middle person, a realtor, uh, an accountant, uh, things that just, I'm 55, he's not, that are just best left to perfect plumbing, electricity, my eye doctor, the, the people that make the glasses. I, I prefer professionals in every case. And there are, in any case, what we're talking about, to your point, and I always I, I don't say this often enough about my appreciation for you, but my appreciation for you comes when you're like, this is complicated. A couple months ago, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We all just got him. He's going to go there and get this and that. Who's going to execute this? Who's going to get on the phone with the ownership of Miami, the ownership of Tampa, the owner that picked the teams, Atlanta, any of these places? Because for the Deshaun Watson deal to have gotten done last year, aside from all of the legal 
And I'm sure that was a whole different layer put in there. And Jimmy Haslam was on the bat phone in Cleveland and eventually wrote the check, right? But there are people in Atlanta, Carolina, they're money people, money managers, uh, lawyers, uh, football people, evaluators, doctors, doctors, when you're giving somebody to it. Let me see your knee, Lamar. Last I checked, you couldn't play. You could. You were so bad that your coach said you couldn't even come to Cincinnati to watch your team lose, right? So all of this being said, the thing that keeps me up at night, that if I were asking, if I had one question, a silver bullet question for Eric DaCosta, it wouldn't be, do you love Lamar? Do you? Okay, I see what's going on here. There's bruised feelings. I'm just going to leave it at that, whatever that means. Uh, well, they made a movie, Irreconcilable Differences, right? Like, you know, okay, fine. So there's going to be a change. Now, how do we execute this change? Well, you say to him, so we did with Hollywood last year, right? We kept it on the DL. I'm good. You're good. Your value's better that way. As a businessman, my, our value's better that way. We're going to keep your value up. We're going to go to Indianapolis. We're going to say great things about you. Right. We're going to say great things about you. Um, and we're going to we're not going to bruise any more feelings here. Like we're, we're in business. You're a businessman, Lamar. We're OK, great. Now it's all right. We're not going to do this. We're going to figure this out. Lamar. The floor is yours. Right. Like and I don't know what happens when that happens. Right. Like sign sign the franchise tag and the floor is yours. Now. Go make a deal and bring it like I and I don't know who does that. And I and I know in any case, if it's team Rosenhaus, team Lee Steinberg, team Joe Linta, he'd have three people in the office doing this and that. And the other. like, I don't know where that's coming from. And there's never been a perception. And again, Eric fed this again. Hours ago, it's just me and Lamar. There is no there's no there there. It's just Lamar. And if that's true and again. They bend the truth around there a lot. I know this on a personal level. Um, but if if true is true, I, that's the mystery to me. And I, I caught Phil, uh, Chris Sims talking about it the other day with Florio and whatever, just about the economics of shoe deals and like how these things happen behind the scenes. I, I, I think there's got to be an incredible level of frustration to your point that, all right, the Deshaun Watson thing got done and it wasn't easy and there was bidding and there was this and that, but there were professionals at every level orchestrating that, trying to get it done. I, I just, that keeps me up at night that if I'm going to talk about anything, I would talk about that. Well, and I think what's unfortunate about this and look, I, I've said this for a while. I've written this, I don't know how many different times over the last 11 months, but I think what's tough about this is because, you know, there's such a, a natural reaction, especially on social media where nuance is lacking to always paint one side as good and the other bad. I've said all along there, there's a fair, whether you agree with it or not, whichever side, wherever you fall on the spectrum, there's a far, a fair argument for Lamar Jackson to ask for a fully guaranteed deal based on the fact of he's a better player than Kyler Murray or, or Russell Wilson at different stage of his career. And certainly a better player and a more highly respected individual off the field than Deshaun Watson. So understanding that on the flip side, the Ravens saying, well, just because we, the Cleveland Browns did this and look at their track record, why are we going to take cues from what that organization does in terms of considering that to be something that is remotely smart? We're not going to do it. Those are both very fair positions from which to argue. Now, Going back to what you just said, what's unfortunate about this for Lamar Jackson, 
the football player, the 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 businessman is there are absolutely agents. I mean, there have even been reports that agents would take, you know, the, the kind of typical MO is around 3%. There have been reports, I, I believe Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk talked about the fact that there have been agents who've said they'd take 1% uh, to represent Lamar Jackson. And if he truly wanted to achieve a fully guaranteed deal, then he would have someone that's adept at negotiating and with six different teams or eight and, different and, teams it's hard enough right. to negotiate with one team right or or it's as simple as okay okay baltimore well lamar is going to show up for training camp last august but and he's going to be in the building so you can't find him but he's going to hold in because we've seen other players do this very successfully and he's not going to take the practice field. He'll be there. So you can't find him and do that whole thing or threaten a holdout or whatever. Something to Boy, that's an odious look for this organization and for him, right? That would stink. Wouldn't it? I don't think that the Ravens would. What? I'm talking about last scenario. No, I'm talking about last summer. Okay. But I'm talking, but I'm talking about last summer in terms of if he wanted to play this, to, to truly force the issue as much as he could to try to get a fully guaranteed deal. An agent sometimes is the individual to say, Hey, you know, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And to this point, other than Lamar skipping voluntary OTAs, which as we said, even at the time, and you and I scrimmaged and sparred about this a little bit, I, I thought it was a symptom of, of all things not being well, but I didn't think it was that terribly consequential to the outcome of the 2022 season. And I still don't, even regardless of the fact that, you know, they went 10 and seven and Lamar was hurt at the end of the year and, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, his production tailed off after a really hot start. But you, know, you, you keep coming back to this for either side to get what they want. And, and again, whatever that is at this point in time, and you and I have debated that and people are wondering that right now. What what exactly is going to constitute a win for anyone at this point in time? I think for the Ravens, that their win is be? the best trade I'm they still can not make. sure. That's how I – I honestly think that that's, that's their only option if you won't sign for what they want, right? I mean well, – well, that, Sure. That, that's Because they're, they're not going to tag him and think he's going to be – I think that was a missing question. I think if I had been in Indianapolis, I may have said to Eric – are you confident he'll play if you tag him? I mean, I, I would have taken – and Eric would have danced on that. I mean, fine, whatever sure. he would have said, he would have said. But that's the question. They, they, they don't. They don't. They, they, they don't really think he's going to show up and be a happy camper and play. I, I think there are some people around there that think he was an unhappy camper and might have, could have, should have maybe eight weeks ago, right? Like that may – you know, there are some doubters. There's not just in the fan base. There's just some people that think, he didn't try harder. He could have done more, as you said about the Orioles the other day. But I don't think there's any scenario where anybody thinks there's a kumbaya under the franchise tag and him holding in and missing can't like all the all the what you talk about last year, but on steroids this year and at his whim. I I, I don't think the team can do that. I, I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't think the team can do that. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there there's major fallout from a cap standpoint in terms of what you're trying to do to hey. You want to try to improve your roster, right? I mean, even if you're going to say Lamar's going to play on the tag, great. Well, what are you doing at wide receiver? What are you doing about corner? Because Marcus Peters, based on the way Eric DaCosta talked, I wasn't overly optimistic, even though he said he's had some conversations with with his agent. But you have other areas to address. So even if even if you find out Lamar is willing to play on the tag, and look, at the same time, what, what I would say in reply to what you just said is, 
he'd be if it's the exclusive tag, he's leaving forty five million dollars on the table then, which is more than well more than what his career earnings are. So there there's there's some kind of middle road there. Him potentially sitting out the entire season and doing the Le'Veon Bell thing. Okay, that would be the one extreme. The other extreme would be that you know everything's fine and he signs the tag and maybe he skips mini camp, but he's there for training camp and and signs the tag and you know you kind of run it back uh, you know, with what you did last year. But even with that scenario, which would probably that's as as good as you could expect if you're the Ravens in terms of a scenario where he plays on the tag. How are you improving your football team in the process? I mean, who are you cutting? Who are you bringing in? Who? How many deals are you going to have to renegotiate? And then that's with the thought of, well, if you had to tag them this year, then you're going to have to tag them next year. So, I mean, it's just, there's so much to it. But again, I'll keep coming back to two points. One, can they find the team that's willing to meet Lamar's contract ask? And can they find the team that's willing to meet that and also give the Ravens enough trade compensation where they feel good about moving on because that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is still, what the heck are you doing at quarterback then? Because I'm sorry <laughs> if we're going to sit here and say, you're going to trade away Lamar Jackson with you know all the, whatever concerns you want to throw out there in terms of durability the last couple of years and all that, you still, you got to replace them. Well, and by the way, and, and that, I would say that that makes this week really, really important. We've done a lot of Lamar, 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 combine, combine, combine. They only have five picks. Let's start sure. with that. So if the five picks turns into eight because they deal Lamar, and if that's what the, it's in the back of their mind to begin with, or if they have a player on the edge of their roster, they think they can deal and get a get a two, or because they don't want to sign him, Patrick Queen. I don't know. You know, wherever, yeah. right? Like if they're if that happens. They they would draft one of these quarterbacks. I mean, I guess that makes the underwear Olympics that much more important this year in that one of these cats might be the apple of their eye in real terms when I'm writing Purple Rain 3 when they let me back in. Um, uh, that was funny. I mean, made you laugh. You pissed yourself with that one. Um, that this would be their sweepstakes to go find another quarterback. Listen, man, one thing I'll say about these arrogant SOBs that run this team that you're keenly aware of and why we're not in Indianapolis eating big steaks this week uh, and drinking beer with Peter King, um, they're arrogant, nasty, we were here first, we'll be here forever, big shoddy, you, you, you know, like John's coach for life, Eric's here for a long time, and you're just a quarterback and we'll find another one. And you know, there were four others that came before you and we made you what you were. You, you know, we, we made a system that, that allowed you to be you. No one else even wanted you dude. So that being said, meet your new owner in Detroit or uh, Miami or wherever you're going to go. We're going to do our thing. And we're going to take that kid with the seventh pick because we like him and we're going to live with whatever, Rent the quarterback, back up Ryan Mallett. I don't make names up, right? Bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back off the set. He'd have a great beard. Oh. Um, the dude with the funny mustache. It, uh, <laughs> lit it up in Jacksonville for three weeks. Uh, I, I don't want a backup quarterback. I don't want a 5-12 and 12 ish show around here. But I do think if you draft the next golden boy, Stetson, you know, I don't know, whatever. Whatever the project is, they'll shine it up and sell it up and say, we took the second best quarterback in the draft. It's a project. It's slow. It's good. 
We got things going on. We got a lot of players around here. We got some cap flexibility now, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll bring some players. And, and this guy's the next Joe Flacco. This guy's the next. Right? We're smart. We took Lamar. We took Joe. We're, we, I know y'all pissed on us about wide receivers, but we know quarterbacks. We, we're, we're two for two on quarterbacks. We'll be three for three. And, and that's uh, that. I, those guys think that way. They do. They really do. But they're not two for two. They, you go back to the one before that, it was Kyle Bowler. I mean, I, I hear you. And look, I'm not even saying that that wouldn't be the the mentality if it if it's come to that. They'll point. blame that but, on Brian and move on. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, or, or uh, what? What? Uh, the, who was it who didn't answer the phone for Brian? Byron Brian's Leftwich. laughing yeah. somewhere at that on a golf course right now because that what, was the, funny. The Vikings didn't answer the phone for Byron Leftwich. Uh, you know, the 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 trade, but. That made but, you laugh and me laugh in this segment. So it, it was a good I, I mean, uh, again, everything you just said, and, and it's great to feel that way, and and you can feel emboldened saying those such things in March and April until that quarterback shows up and he can't play. <laughs> you know, the, again, that's where I keep coming back to. There are no for the Ravens. I'm not sure there's a winning scenario here. Because you're the winning scenario comes when the ball snapped in September and they win games, right? I mean, I, that that that's the business of it, right? I mean, it really is. But, but my but my point is, you have a franchise quarterback who's done impressive things. Look, has he won a Super Bowl yet? No, but the same could be said about a lot of other great quarterbacks that are that are playing today and played in yesteryear. But the point is, not being able to work something out. That's a failure. I mean, and look, and, and that's not to say that it's the Ravens are to blame, but it, that overall, the overarching message there is that's a failure, right? You it's know, only a failure if you still want him. Ray Lewis didn't walk out the door in, in 2001. They wanted didn't walk out the door in 2006. You know, Joe Flacco stayed put, you know, and won a Super Bowl. And great, you know, regardless of the fact that that deal didn't age terribly well. Uh, so, you know, but you lose a, a talent like Lamar Jackson. There's no winning scenario. Now, again, you might get a boatload of picks and maybe you will draft the next Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that does happen. Uh, you know, I'm not sure any of these guys in this year's draft class or next year are going to be that guy because that guy looked like he could be the next Tom Brady, the way things are going. And I don't say that lightly. I, it's how highly I think of Patrick Mahomes at this point. But, you know, it's a lot of ifs. A lot of things have to go well in order for that. To, to happen so and, and that's not to say that the ravens just give them whatever he wants right that's not to say you just give them a, a, a blank check either but whatever you ultimately decide here boy you're treading carefully because there's a lot of fallout involved and we've talked about this and you know it, it again it's great to say all right we couldn't come to an agreement we've traded them to the atlanta falcons for picks a b c d and e this year and next uh, we feel confident that we're going to get our guy. They can draft that guy. What impact does that have on your fan base? What impact but, does but that I have? I think immediately Dennis and I talking about this the last three months in real terms, there are plenty of people that are prepared for the WNST text to come. I, I just want, you know, sure. like you're going to be the one typing that brought to you sure. by Coons Baltimore Ford. He's dealt for three picks into the Atlanta, wherever it is, right? You're going to be the one doing that. There's not going to be any shock in your fingers when that happens. Like, and there's not going to be any shock when I receive it, Luke. You know what I mean? Like, I am fully prepared for that as a lifer fan, media member. I've been reporting on it. I've read the tea leaves. I, you know, I have some insider information, even though I ain't an insider no more. Um, 
I I just feel this feels like there's bruised feelings and and it just it to your point it it is what it is right like it's one of those things and so when that comes it's not a shock I I don't think and I think the fans would be be like what are you gonna do all right I mean and then we're we're gonna come on the radio and say what are you gonna do and they're gonna go into the draft and pick somebody I think that's what they're gonna do I really do yeah I'm I'm not saying that's not what's gonna happen but. Good luck selling tickets in the meantime, you know, for, I mean, they would tell you privately Lamar didn't sell tickets, even though he sold excitement sizzle, but, and and I would tell you privately it's because they got bad people working in their building, but that's, oh. another, and, and they haven't done a good job really with the community and selling tickets and connecting the way they once did. And fair enough, you know, I would have said that people would have said that about the Colts, right? Like, so that's a get off my lawn statement and that's fine. And it is what yeah. it is, but you know, to your point, they can't sign their quarterback. That's not good. Throwing people like me yeah, out. That's I mean, not just, good. Not letting Stan White in the press. That's not they, – they, they don't – you know, they're not the family, you know, local business and hugging everybody and everything and every fan. They're not. They're really not. So, to, to some degree, the selling tickets thing, it's like the Orioles, man. Dude, you and I go back and forth. I don't go to the games. Why? Well, I don't like the city. Well, I've met that guy. I'm afraid of the city. I've met that guy. I don't like the team. I don't like Peter Angelos. I don't, I watch the games on TV. It's, you know, it costs too much. I mean, we can go through all of that, but I'll just stop you and just say, Lamar's been here winning and blah, 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 and the, you're down there. I haven't been down. I'm online seeing tickets for $5 every week. And I had tickets I couldn't give away in the beginning of Lamar where I gave up my PSL. So I would just say, like, selling tickets. Lamar didn't sell tickets. I don't I don't know why. I would just say that's something for them to figure out in the building that they it never bothered them as much as it bothered me because I was the one eating the tickets, right? So I just would say, how are they going to sell tickets? Lamar didn't sell tickets. And that's sad. I, and it really is, but he didn't. It can get way worse. No doubt. I've traveled. So so from that standpoint, <laughs> I, I would hesitate in, in saying he didn't sell tickets. He sells tickets. Now, is it to the degree that you or I or, or someone who really understands ticket you know, markets and, and live sporting events in 2023 to the degree that he should have? You know, that I, I, I want to bring something up. I know we're, we're running long here. Yeah, that's but, all right. That's what we do. You know, we're so, you know, and. You've been much more bullish on the idea that there that there's going to be a trade. I still don't know, but certainly I find that far more likely now than I did six months ago or a year ago or certainly two years ago. But, okay, the Ravens tag. Let's say it is, for, for argument's sake, it's the exclusive tag because then the Ravens have full control over where he's going to go. What happens if there's not a team that's willing to meet his asking price for a contract or provide the necessary trade compensation. What happens then? That's why I've said all along to well, you I've that said he doesn't have a team of people to even make that deal. Like that. Well, I have but no I would confidence say, that that, that I mean, the one thing I would say about that, and that completely fair point, the Ravens would be involved in this process because to. they would have to be. Eric so from that standpoint, he, look, he wants 232. If you're not going to give him that, we right. can't even get on the phone. Right, like, right. Literally, so, like, so from that Eric standpoint. Eric knows what he wants, right? But, right. So the Ravens, you know, they would be involved there and they could broker an agreement if it's there. But my question is, what if it's not? Does Lamar 
come does Lamar come back to the table with the Ravens and now he's more willing to take their offer whatever it might be or and this this was speculated about going back a year or two ago you know does Lamar dig in his heels and say you know what I'll play on the tag I'll play on the tag next year because I think I can get my fully guaranteed deal by going the Kirk Cousins route now whether that's smart or not is that a viable option that he could do that because here's the thing the Ravens can't trade him without him signing the tag so he just says you're not trading me I, I, I'm not going to sign the tag so you know there's still a lot of room here for impasse stalemate whatever you want well, to call this point, thing the, the, the kumbaya happens by not pissing him off and finding right. a good exit and I think that's getting back to the press conference bringing the thing full sure. circle you know, they they did what we expected them to do, which is keep Lamar's value high. Talk about him being here and our guy love Lamar. How many times John love Lamar? Lamar love Lamar. Or, uh, John love Lamar more on Wednesday. Lamar's mom love Lamar on Wednesday. So <laughs> like, and all of this is predictable. But I think in the end that you, you will be sending a text about a trade because I think they'll figure out a way to get it done. But all of this is very unorthodox and and. The, the larger picture of all of this, Luke, and, and it's taken me a little time to – I've been traveling a little bit back and forth, doing other things kind of off the record a little bit, uh, off the reservation, I should say, a little bit. This is the biggest story in sports, like, right? right? Sure. This is the biggest story in, in, in Indianapolis. It's the biggest story on ESPN. It's the biggest story on NFL Network. It's the big, It's bigger than the NBA. It's bigger than uh, LeBron's injury. It's bigger than anything stupid in spring training. It's bigger than the innings festival. Uh, it's bigger than Barry Trotz becoming a general manager of the – Nashville, it's 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 bigger than March Madness. It's it's the biggest story in sports. So we haven't had a lot of those around here that have you know really we haven't in 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 the thirty one years I've been doing radio. So there is this epicenter part. You could sense how many people are around DeCosta and Harbaugh trying to ask the Lamar question in Indianapolis, right? No doubt, no doubt. And I mean, it's it's a massive story. I think back to two years ago when you and I would be talking about the contract and you'd have so many different fans and, and even media types uh, say that it's a non-story because there was just that strong of an assumption that something was going to get done. I mean, and why wouldn't you think that? I, I mean, he at that point, he was only a year removed from being MVP and it was all kumbaya. The Ravens love Lamar. Lamar loves the Ravens. And you know, they've just never gotten, I mean, I'm not going to say they haven't gotten closer but you know, since well, the, he the, hasn't the... been well enough to play to win big games, like well, literally. They, 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 well, they... And, and and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because just you know, again, I don't want to belabor the point, but my my most recent twelve Ravens thoughts at BaltimorePositive.com. You know, I, I made the point that you know, if if Lamar had won the MVP in 2022, or if the Ravens had had if he had had the Joe Flacco run and had won the Super Bowl. He'd be getting a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, I mean, that's just how it would be, right? You, it, I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, I mean, some people think they should give that to him now, even with him having missed the, the end of the last couple seasons. But if he had that kind of leverage, I don't think there would be any debate in the same way that Joe Flacco was never truly the best quarterback in the NFL, right? He was historically great for those four weeks in the 2012 postseason. He was a franchise quarterback. But no one ever thought he was truly the best quarterback in the NFL, other than maybe for those two or three weeks. However, that's not 
the, the point was he had extraordinary leverage. And Joe Linta did what you do when you have extraordinary leverage. He did to the Ravens what everyone's thinking right now. I mean, that, that's what it was. So, but the reality is 2019 was four years ago. Lamar's peak performance was four years ago. He's missed what, 13 games where, where he's either been inactive or injured over the last two seasons. Almost, you know, all of those, except for what, one being in December or January. And the perception like, of him not being at a game they lost in the playoffs. I mean, that that's big for me. First question I'd ask is, why was that kid not in Cincinnati with you? If you love him and he loves you, and yeah, he's on the team, I, I why mean, is he not there? Like, I mean, that's that, not that, as big for me. That's a fair question. I, I, fair enough. I, I'm not saying it's not a fair question. To me, that's more comes back to a symptom of there not being a lot of trust. And I don't, and I, I mean that being a two way street uh, at this point in time, I call uh, it bruised feelings. And I think even, that, even I, from I, the standpoint of somebody in the organization was leaking the fact that Lamar was only going to miss two or three weeks. Now, whether that was full blown gamesmanship or whether there was a very strong belief amongst some in the organization that he could have played and returned uh, and, and been right by, I don't know, week 17 or whatever it would have been, so, but it comes back to trust, but you know, go back to what I just, you know, the point I was trying to make. Durability concerns are understandable at this point. His, his performance, while it's still very good, and, and, you know, I don't want to diminish the player at all because he's a fantastic football player, but he hasn't played at the level he was in in 2019. His best performance over the last couple of years has been a little more fleeting. He tailed off midway through the 2021 season. And again, other reasons for that, no question, including an offensive coordinator is no longer here. Uh, last last season, we talked about it. First three weeks of the year looked like 2019 MVP Lamar. And then, you know, it kind of went away. And again, there were other reasons for that beyond him. But if you're talking in terms of performance, in terms of his durability, which some concern doesn't mean I think that he's going to break down this coming season. But are there durability concerns for someone whose athletic athleticism is absolutely vital? to his performance more so than any other quarterback in the league. Those are not realities for me that disqualify giving him a top of the market conventional kind of deal that we've seen quarterbacks get now for going back to all the way to before Joe Flacco, you know, that I, I'm not at all uh, reserved in wanting to do that. However, those realities, those factors, they don't leave me inclined to want to follow what the Cleveland Browns did last year. And that's where, we find ourselves at this point where Lamar is asking for that. The Ravens are not willing to do that. So they haven't been able to bridge the gap. So if you cannot bridge the gap, what's next? And that's what we're all kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. We'll get a little bit of clarity now in finding out non-exclusive or exclusive. That'll be the next step. And we'll kind of see how that works. But there's still there's a lot that still has to be done here, even if you are, are of the mindset that that you have that uh, he's going to be traded this offseason. So it's a lot, a lot of. A lot of I's to dot and T's to cross until we get to that point, because uh, there's still that has to be facilitated. And again, coming back to a player not having an agent, uh, it complicates things. And again, it's not making one side the good guy and the other side the bad guy. I've, I've, I've said that all along. I, both sides have a very fair stance here. Uh, it's unfortunate that they haven't they haven't been able to bridge the gap. And uh, as I said, even if it ends up in Lamar Jackson no longer being a Baltimore Raven, and even if they get a, a boatload of picks that's still going to qualify as a loss for me in, ter in terms of just a disappointment that you haven't been able to work something out with this player. But you know that that is the cost of doing business. And one thing I will say, 
for anyone who's been really you know, deflated by this from a fan standpoint, really, you know, have found this off-putting and disappointing and everything. I'll, I'll say this much, you know, this is how things kind of work in the NBA on the regular. <laughs> I mean, talk about Kevin Durant, you know, getting ready to play for suit up for the Phoenix Suns. No, it, it went we've from... lived in an alternate universe here with, with not just Cal Ripken and Brooks Robinson and yeah. those memories of all that, but the Ravens have been really adept at keeping their, the players that they want to keep. It's rare. They keep. Very rare. Uh, I mean, we're not talking Ed Reed in his la- on his last legs going to Houston. Uh, you know, C.J. Mosley was an inside linebacker, a, g- a good one, but not Lamar Jackson, right? <laughs> you know, certainly not Ray Lewis or Ed Reed in their prime. The, the Ravens have never been in this kind of position where it's trending on the surface and and probably deeper than that trending in such a bad direction with a player who say what you want about where Lamar ranks historically amongst the greatest players in history he had the unquestionably the greatest single season in franchise history in what he did in 2019 and to to be talking about 3 4 years later him no longer being with the team, you're right. I mean, that's that is uncharted territory for the. Oh, Baltimore and having Ravens. won only one playoff game, one playoff right. win. Yeah, it's a team result. But again, I'll go back to no one in the history of this organization has had a season like he had in 2019. You know, we can talk about the playoff part of this. Sure, that's part of it. But at the same time, you know. Ed Reed had never won a Super Bowl until his final year when he was a shell of the player he was in his prime. So, you know, it's part of it. It is. But at the same time, it's it's hard not to feel like that the end result would be a failure for the Ravens uh, if Lamar is no longer playing here because replacing him is easier said than done. Not impossible. Not saying that they're going to be doomed forever. But, uh, you know, the idea that that you're going to trade them and you're going to be fine just like that. I, that's asking a lot. And uh, that's asking a lot of good fortune to fall their way. Is that a reel to reel on your shirt? What is that? It's a Foo Fighters t-shirt. Oh, it's right. Old t-shirt. Okay. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't tell. Cause I was going to say, man, I, I have some of those reel to reels, uh, you know, laying around the radio station. And I found one recently had Charlie Ekman stuff on it. So JR got Charlie Ekman lost Charlie Ekman tape on, uh, on reel to reel. So, uh, they used to sell those in Columbia House, too, but I never bought those. I did do the eight tracks a little bit. Uh, I will be at Drug City on Friday. I will be uh, celebrating my father's birthday all weekend, March 5th. Anybody knows me long term knows March 5th is my dad's birthday, Pisces. Uh, and we will be on the 8th next Wednesday at Fadley's in the morning uh, celebrating maybe the final time in the old market. It's all brought to you by the Maryland Lottery, as well as our friends at Window Nation. I'll have some new scratch-offs to give away. Uh, the new, new old, the wishbone. It's 50th anniversary at the Maryland Lottery, so we'll have some throwback stuff in Window Nation. 866-90 Nation, you buy two, you get two free, and then you have two years, 0% financing. It's a pretty good deal, and um, it saved me a lot of money this uh, this winter. It really has. The windows are great. Now what to do about the spiders and the bugs. He is Luke. I am Nestor. The Ravens are being completely honest in Indianapolis. It's combine time. We are WNST AM 1570, Towson, Baltimore, and we never stop talking Baltimore positive.